Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Leadership to Wealth podcast. We're going to look at an article talking about what's going on with the housing market. We're going to look at the divergence, yes, divergence between incomes and housing prices. What does that all mean for you and I? I'm your host, Neil D'Souza, and this is the Leadership to Wealth podcast. I, this connection between income and um, and housing prices, we have to acknowledge a couple of things. One is supply has been down and the government has not allowed, whether it be federal, whether it be provincial, they have not allowed development to grow such that you can increase the supply. So if they've not allowed that, people are fighting over the same homes. And when you put interest rates at all-time lows, what are you going to have? You're going to have a whole bunch of people fighting to get those same properties, which they're already afraid that they're not going to be able to get another house or they won't be able to get that amazing house at that price ever again because, look, it just keeps going up and it builds and builds and builds. And so income goes right out the window to some degree when you're talking about low interest rates but when you get the law of large numbers when you get to those higher interest rates it cuts like a knife and people are finding that out right now and so the this is a bad correlation because if you try to increase people's wages incomes to come in line then we go back into an inflationary market which the bank of canada is trying to avoid. Instead, what they want is more of a sideways market for a while until wages can come up naturally to bring to bring these two in line. That's that's really what's going on right now between these two. And if you just try to either spike wages, you're going to have problems. Or if you do the other and you try to bring down home prices, you're, you're going to have a lot of homeowners are going to have problems. And what we're seeing is that they would rather stretch it out. Now, what does that mean for the homeowner? It means the homeowner is probably tied to that building, to your house, for longer than you expected, just to be able to make interest payments, never mind paying down the principal. There's one other thing to note. Large companies have no problem with raising minimum wage. They have no problem with with seeing these uh, the the wages of the employees going up. The reason is because they're going to pass it on to the consumer. The people that have a problem with it are going to be the smaller businesses because they're not going to have the capacity to be able to pay people at those higher rates because they're not able to just increase prices in that way. They don't have the war chest. They don't have that amount of money to wait out. And so we have seen this through many, many decades where large box companies can come into a town, a city and set up and literally with cheaper prices, wipe out all the little men all the small businesses, and then they can raise their prices to whatever they need to raise the prices to. And and that's a, quite frankly, it's not competitive. And 
raising the minimum wage or raising people's wages actually goes a long way to hurting smaller businesses. And if you took note, here's one, one other note. If you saw during uh, the pandemic, who was closed and who was allowed to stay open? The small businesses had to close and the large box stores were allowed to stay open. And whatever reasons they may have come up with for why that was allowed, who got hurt? The small businesses. The other part that's interesting about this article is it's talking about how large a sector real estate is in our economy, meaning all of the runoffs, all of the business, all the money that's generated just in real estate, how much we spend on ourselves as it as it pertains to real estate. And what's important to note about that is, although we might have nicer houses, we might be doing well, we are not selling stuff to other people, to other countries. We are a resource-rich country, easily one of the top three in the world, if not the top in the world. And we should be producing all of those natural resources, selling them out to the world to be able to enrich our country as a whole calling in businesses that want to come in and invest in Canada. We want money to come from outside and to want to come here. We want to be able to use our dollars to be able to invest and profit our wealth rather than turning into consumers. We, we don't really want to turn into, for better or for worse, a U.S. consumer nation. Even though it's, it seems nice, to be able to spend money on ourselves, at the end of the day, it comes with a credit card bill. And so we want to diversify our economy and we don't want to be reliant on this one sector because at the end of the day, it, it just means that you're not diverse and you don't have enough money coming into the country. And if you're, if you're a business owner, you understand this in the sense of you can spend money on making your restaurant look good. But if you're not selling enough food, you're going to eventually go out of business. It's like if you were to spend money on renovating the, the restaurant, and that's wonderful. And if not enough people come, you have to charge them more. And so what does that mean for us as Canadians? It means that they have to raise our taxes. They have to find ways to charge us more for whatever wealth we have to be able to pay for our country. Because remember, the government has no money of its own. And so if we as a country are not selling to other people such that we're bringing in income, bringing in all of that taxation, we have to foot the bill. And if one area of our economy is taking up the majority of it, then that's the area that's going to have to keep getting hit by the taxation and it'll have that volatility because we would like it to keep going up, but we know that at some point it has to come down and the faster real estate goes up, the faster it has to correct because you can't have that inverted curve where all of a sudden housing prices just go through the roof because at some point, and we saw this, 
at some point, everybody hits a wall and can't afford to buy it anymore. And then at that point, it starts coming back down with the people that speculated first, the people that are vulnerable first, and that starts bringing the slide downwards. Now, if people are burnt and they feel like they can't get in their market, then that slide keeps coming down until it overcorrects and people start jumping back into the market. So it just allows too much volatility, which they're pointing out in, in this article. It allows too much volatility in to the Canadian economy. Okay, the first thing I see when when we look at this conversation and we look at this chart is we're talking about the great financial crisis, 08, and its impact on the housing market, on real estate. What you want to realize is that in the US, it caused massive deflation. It brought home prices down massively. They were up, they were up at exaggerated levels and it brought them down. And as a result, Americans had to take that medicine and it's taken a decade for them to build back up again. In Canada, we did not get the same hit in 08. So we continued to buy and and built and bought into the belief that housing prices will always go up. And now we are at the same, actually we've exceeded the levels that the US was at. The same thing happens. Well, one of two things happens. Either we go ahead and have a crash where home prices come down and people lose massively, and you allow the market to correct back down to the proper levels in line with people's incomes, or you inflate it, i.e. you put in money, stimulus, pay people more money, maybe bring in UBI, do all these things so people have more money, or you extend out amortizations, you, you do these things to allow people a longer period to pay these overinflated markets. Investors understand this one a, a little bit more directly because there's a there is a term that's out there that says, or a fancy saying that everyone says, you make your money on the buy. So you always want to negotiate when as a real estate investor, you always want to negotiate and get a value price. You want to build in as much value as you can because you don't know how long it'll take to, and you don't know what rough waters you might have to go through as an investor to be able to make that money. So you always want to try to buy it at a lower price than a fair market value. That's as an investor. But for retail home buyers, they are not looking at this and it's an emotional decision. So they are just looking to, I want this one. I want to buy this. And as a result, it drives into the frenzy and it only leaves room for loss. So when we see this divide between the two, it's really about the fact that Americans and their capitalism took the medicine when people lost massively in the financial crisis. And we know of how many companies that went out of business at that time 
and how many pension funds, all of these things that all got lost, how much money got wiped out because they allowed the deflation in 2008. And quite frankly, we, we don't want that. And so we're, we're avoiding allowing people to take that hit. Thank you.